Do not let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God. Trust also in me. In my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, I would have told you. I am going there to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me, that you also may be where I am. Let me uh, start by thanking John and Kathy for picking the uh, songs that are appropriate for what I want to talk about with you this morning. Now, let's see if we can get the mood that the, uh, the apostles had to have when Jesus is talking to them. They know they're going somewhere. They know he's taking them somewhere. Two places, basically. They didn't know about the second one. They did know about the first one. He's going to take them into a kingdom that he's prepared. And there's a place for them there. Matter of fact, he's already told them. On one other occasion, he said, you'll, in my kingdom, you'll sit on 12 thrones judging the 12 tribes of Israel. So they knew they were going to have a place there where they would have some responsibility to make sure that their fellow citizens in Israel would know what God wanted them to do and, and to behave. The second place was a little vague, more vague. That is, of course, the place that they were going after they died. Now, you can imagine the main thing they were thinking about is the kingdom right now. That's what they're thinking about. If you're getting ready to move somewhere or somebody's taking you somewhere, like in your, you're in the military, and you're being restationed somewhere. You're going to another, another uh, duty post. And your family's going with you. And they're wondering, what is it going to be like? Right? What will the weather be like? What will the, what will the people be like? What will the facilities be like? What about the house that we're going to live in? And so forth. So you, you want to wonder about things like that, don't you? And will I be comfortable there? Will my family be comfortable there? So you're thinking of all these things. Now the key that I want to, to emphasize in this text is likely a little different than appears from a casual reading. Jesus said he was going to prepare a place. Now sometimes we get the idea that he's going to go build it. Get it ready. Actually, I believe, and we'll, as we go through this lesson, I think you will too, that what he's saying is he's going to make arrangements for them to be in a particular place there. Not that he has to build it. Not that he has to arrange it and create it. But that he, has to, he has to decide exactly where these men are going to be. Same with you. When you go to heaven, when you go, he's going to have a place for you. Specifically, the place prepared. All right. This takes away the spur of the moment factor. It's not like, oh, you're here. Let's see if I can arrange a place for you to stay, for you to live. They were not going to be surprise guests. Like, I didn't really expect you, but I want you to feel welcome. No, that's not the way it's going to be. He's not going to bring them home or bring us home on an impulse. They were, and we are, expected 
guests. Okay? This is not the way we usually receive guests in our homes. It's not the way we do it at all. Our guests might or might not give us advance notice when they come to see us. Has that ever happened to you? Somebody knocks on the door. We're here. We're just passing through. We thought we'd spend a couple of nights with you. Wow. Wait a minute. Let's see if we can find some spare bedrooms. See if we can find some place where you can stay. See if we can run to the grocery store and get some more groceries. Sometimes we invite a house guest or more likely they write or we write. That's the old way to do it. Snail mail. Write them a letter. They write us a letter, a card. Or they call. That's also the old-fashioned way. Telephone. Or they text. That's the new way. Or they send an email. Anyway, we know that they're coming. Then we scramble to accommodate the visitor and want to make them feel at home. And we shuffle everything around so that we can arrange not only our furniture, rearrange our furniture, but also our schedules to accommodate our guest. Sometimes we even entertain an unexpected guest, right? Can we uh, pull out an extra chair at the table? Let's see if we can find space for your things. You can hang your coat in this closet. Maybe we could shuffle around and give you an extra bedroom for a few days visit. Maybe we can scrounge up an extra pillar or, or a Blanket from storage, no trouble at all, no trouble at all. Stay, stay as long as you like. In our mind, we're thinking, how long are you going to stay? <laughs> how long? This is definitely not the way God conducts his business with us. He doesn't do anything unexpectedly. We may be caught off guard through ill preparation, but he's not. He has made preparations in advance. He has previewed our future and made arrangements for us even if we're not aware of them from the beginning. Isaiah 46 verse 10 says, He has declared the end from the beginning. So he knew up here and he looked back down here and he's made preparations here for us here. So it's all that way. However, it's sort of like a mystery to us. We didn't know. Now, if you, if you do much reading, just, just reading, casual reading, let's say, if you've ever read a mystery book or even read, read a classical book, you do, you do know that the author of that book has already decided what the ending of the book is. Especially the mystery book. If they don't know the end from the beginning, then it's not going to be much of a book. But they know the end, and therefore they arrange everything else to fit it, to come to it. In other words, they start at the end and work back to the beginning. That's how God has arranged our ending. That's how he's done it. In 1 Corinthians 2, verse 7 through 9, it says, We speak, Paul is talking about the gospel. He said, We speak the wisdom of God in a mystery, even the hidden wisdom, which God ordained before the world unto our glory, which none of the princes of this world knew it. 
Now the reason they didn't know it, God had already arranged it and he hid it in the mystery so that we could try to figure it out. But he knew the ending. He had already written the ending to our story. None of the princes of this world knew, for had they known it, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. Keep that in mind, because from the very beginning, the Lord of glory had been crucified. He had been crucified from the beginning. Okay? As it is written, eyes not seen, nor ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of man the things that God has prepared for them that love him. Then in Ephesians 3.11, according to his eternal purpose, which he purposed in Jesus Christ our Lord. Eternal purpose. That means reaching back into eternity. God had already figured this out. That was his purpose. 2 Timothy 1 at verse 9, He saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to His own purpose and grace, which was given us in Christ Jesus before the world began. Whoa! If you're worried about where you're going to be, if, if everything's ready for you in eternity, relax. He already had it figured out. He had you figured out. Now, there are several texts that indicate that God's preparation for us began long before they culminated. Jesus made reference to this factor when he spoke to the mother of James and John. Remember, James and John's mother came to him and said, we would, we would like something of you, from you. And so James and John said the same thing. And so he asked, what? And they said, well, we, we, uh, we would like for James to sit on one side and John on the other side of you when you sit on your throne on, in, in glory. Jesus said, well, he said, uh, you might be able to suffer with me, you might be able to baptize the same baptism I'm baptized with, but to sit on my Father's, on my, on my throne, on one side or the other, he said, it is not mine to give you, but it shall be given to them for whom it is prepared of the Father. It was already decided. Oh, so he, we're not going to change the arrangements. The preparations were already there. The arrangements were already there. Everything was set. We're not changing that. When he spoke of dividing the sheep from the goats in Matthew chapter 25, he was referring to the coming of the kingdom. And when he talked about that, in that chapter 25 of Matthew verse 34, he said, Then shall the king say unto them on his right hand, Come, ye blessed of my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. Oh, wait. It's already ready. It's already there. Prepared for you when? From the foundation of the world. God's purposes have always been well thought out and arranged long before the world began. The design was there first, then the, then the feet. It's called the fate accompli. Robert Burns said one time, he said, the best laid plans of mice and men often go awry, but not God's plans. They always go the way planned. Our plans often go asunder. So do mice's plans. But God's plans always work out the way 
He had designed them. It was a top-down creation. Did you know that? He started at the top and came down. In other words, everything was set here, and he worked backwards instead of forward. Get that? I used to be a builder. And uh, when we built places, you know what? I built the house from the top down. I knew where it was going to end up and how at the very peak of the house. I knew everything was going to happen before I ever started in. It was already built. I knew I worked from top down. So that's the way God has worked, from top down. Now, Ephesians 3 verse 11 says, According to the eternal purpose which He purposed in Christ Jesus our Lord. Already done. The Scriptures affirm that God had thought out and planned every factor of salvation and eternal life for mankind before it was revealed to humanity. Before we ever had the Bible. It was already there. It was planned. Until Jesus arrived and the, uh, arrived and the gospel was preached, it was a mystery. Just like a book. It's a mystery. But the author of the book always already knows the outcome. The outcome was already there before the book was written. Matthew 13, verse 35 says, That it might be fulfilled which was spoken by the prophet, saying, I will open my mouth in parables. I will utter things which have been kept secret since the foundation of the world. Things which have been kept secret. What things? Things that have already been determined. Right? Now, we're not talking about determining eternal destinations personally. We're talking about eternal destinations where people can arrive that a place that's already been prepared for the individual. Okay? What I'm saying is, God has got a place for you already set up, prepared. When you walk in, He's not going to say, Oh, you, you came. <laughs> Anybody else with you? He's not going to say that. He knew you were coming. Ephesians 3, verse 4 and 5 says, Whereby when you read... You may understand my knowledge in the mystery of Christ, which in other ages is not made known unto sons of men, as it is now revealed unto his holy apostles and prophets by the Spirit. Now mankind was unaware of God's works. Unaware. But God knew and determined in advance exactly what he was going to do for us. He already knew that. Paul exclaimed that God's works were finished before they began. Think. Acts 15, verse 18, Paul was preaching and he said, Known unto God are all of his works from the beginning of the world. He already knew. Hebrews 4, verse 3 says, and this, is, this, will, this will be a thumper for you, the works were finished from the foundation of the world. Finished. Not just known, finished. Jesus was part of the works that God had determined and had finished. 1 Peter 1 verse 20 said, who, vo who verily was foreordained before the foundation of the world, was, but was manifested in these last times for you. He's talking about Jesus. Foreordained. And Revelation chapter 13 verse 8, and this is another one that's really stupendous. Jesus was the Lamb slain from the foundation of the world. Slain from the foundation. Even God's promises to you 
were before the foundation of the world. Titus 1 verse 2 says, In hope of eternal life, which God that cannot lie promised before the world began. Ephesians 1 verse 4 says, According as He has chosen us in Him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before Him in love. With that in mind, as believers, we should have no trouble, and I'm talking to believers. You've read the book. You've turned the pages. You've felt the, the impression of the Holy Spirit on your hearts and your lives. So as believers, you should have no trouble recognizing that God does nothing without considered forethought and careful preparation. He planned and purposed for you. He is expecting you. He has made his kingdom comfortable for you. Just like he said to the apostles. He is preparing a place. He welcomes you with outstretched arms and a warm embrace in his kingdom. Right now, he prepared a place for you where he wants you to feel warm, comfortable, and secure. Right now. And everything he has designed from eternity and put into effect is wonderful. Everything he has done is wonderful. Now, I can't say that everything I've done is wonderful, and you can't either. But everything God has done, if you believe the Word of God, and I know you do, you understand what I'm saying. Everything He's done is magnificent. It's wonderful. It's stupendous. It's fantastic. It's beyond description with words. But the writer of Psalms describes it. Psalms 40 at verse 5 says, Many, O Lord, my God, are your wonderful works, which you have done, and your thoughts, which are to usward, they cannot be reckoned up in order unto you. If I would declare and speak of them, they are more than can be numbered. What he's saying is, I just can't put it into words. Neither can I, David. Neither can the folks that are here. We can't put it into words. What you have done, Lord, is wonderful. It's just wonderful. Psalms chapter 78, verse 4 says, We will not hide them from their children, showing to the generation to come the praises of the Lord and His strength and His wonderful works that He has done. He's done wonderful things. Psalms 139, verse 14 actually talks about us. David said, I praise thee, O Lord, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are your works, and my soul knows right well. <coughs> Excuse me. When Peter was preaching, got up to preach on the day of Pentecost in Acts chapter two, and all the other apostles got up, they began to preach, and they were preaching in other languages. The Holy Spirit came upon them, like of tongues of fire set upon these men. And as they got up to speak, they were speaking to Cretes and Arabians, Parthians, Medes, Elamites, dwellers in Mesopotamia, strangers in Jerusalem, Roman, Cretes, Arabians, and so forth. He said, we do hear them speak. This is what these people were saying, responding to hearing these apostles speak in other languages. We do hear them speak in our tongues the wonderful works of God. The wonderful works of God. Now, I'm going to take you in a direction I want you to see. When God created the heavens and the earth, he created some temporary residential places for us to live. Did you know that? It's just temporary. Temporary accommodations. 
These are not supposed to be lasting. We're passing through, but it's temporary. But the text says in Isaiah 45, 18, that the heaven and earth and the world was formed to be inhabited. He made the world, the earth, and everything you see for you. Think about it. Think about it. That's what he created the world for, for us, for you, for you to enjoy, okay? When he put the stars in the heavens and you walk outside, if you get away from the city lights, walk out somewhere where the, where the lights won't interfere with the lights of God, and you look up in the heavens and you see the starry sky above you, he did that for you so you would enjoy it. He did that so you could see it. So you could appreciate it. He did that for you. Everything you see in this world is for you. Ecclesiastes chapter 3 at verse 11. And how did he do it? What does it look like? Ecclesiastes 3, 7, he said, it says he made everything beautiful. Did you know that? Everything that God made is beautiful. It's absolutely beautiful. Stunning. Marvelous. Stupendous. Now, we've cluttered it up. We've put all sorts of things on it. But whatever God made is fabulous. Psalms 19 and verse 1 says, The heavens declare the glory of God, and the firmament shows His handiwork. What it looks like. Psalms 102 verse 25, Of old you laid the foundation of the earth, and the heavens are the works of your hands. These are God's works. Back to the text in John chapter 14. Jesus said, I have, I, I, I'm going to prepare a place for you. Where I come, there you may be. Well, we asked the question, what kind of place is it going to be? We, we sang some songs this morning that talked about it. And so we, we try to get some idea of it in our, in our minds. And we think of everybody standing around in white robes and so forth. We, we see a picture of a, a, a street with golden, golden bricks and so forth. But uh, what I've, I've asked John to do this, this past week for me, what I want to do is show you something. Now, if we want to see the works of man's hands, if we want to see something stupendous, something classical, something above average, something that is unequaled, unparalleled, we go to a museum, okay? And we pay some money. And we go in and we get to see works of art that people have said, these are the, the, best, the best we can show. And if you want to go see something modern, you have to go pay also. If you want to go see a car show, a new car show, you can go out to the fairgrounds and pay for a ticket and go inside and they'll show you the new cars, the wonderful works of man's hands. Great. Some of, some of the finest detailed cars and so forth. You can go to auto shows. You, you can go to RV shows. You can go to all sorts of things where men can demonstrate what we have done. What we have done. The works of art that we have created. Now then, God created something for us. They're wonderful. 
and they're for us, and it is without charge. No charge. And it's unparalleled, and it cannot be replicated, it cannot be repeated, it cannot be copied, it cannot be mimicked. The best we do is what our artists try to do, and they charge us to look at them or place copies in our homes. Jesus told his apostles he'd gone to prepare a place for them, and that place was furnished for guests, made ready. It did not mean that he was going to create this place, but it means it was already there, and he said, in my father's house are many mansions, and he, he said that there was a place for them, so there's a place for us. Now, I've asked John to, uh, to provide some pictures for us, of, of what God's wondrous works. I haven't seen them. I want to see them with you. I want you to just think about this. God asked you to come to this earth. He's asked you to stay here for just a temporary period of time. And I want you to see what kind of place he prepared for you. And what a wonderful place it is. So let's look at these pictures together. That's for you. Now you can look at that. And you can see the beauty and the splendor of that picture. That's, that's the works of God's hands. He did that. He made this world to be inhabited. Now, the, the songs that we sang talked about standing on the shores of the rivers of time. Well, here we are. If, if we're, we're in this place now and God said, here's, here's a place for you. And I want you to enjoy it. Enjoy this place. These are works of my hands. I've made creatures for you to look at, to enjoy. Diversity. Look at, look at these pictures. This, this is God's handiwork, I'm telling you. This is the place he prepared for us for temporary residence until we go to our permanent place. Can you imagine what the permanent place is going to look like? It's going to be... I can't imagine it being better than this. Can you? God's works. God's handiwork. Beautiful. God created everything. He created the tiniest, tiniest cells, tiniest amoebas with precision. You say, well... He did it, in, did it in six days. He created the heavens and earth in six days and rested on the seventh. Yes, but he prepared them from eternity. It's not like it just, oh, I think I'll create a mosquito. I think I'll make a frog. Maybe six or seven different types of frogs. That's not how he did it. From eternity, God had designed and decided how to create the habitable earth for us to enjoy while we're here until we go there. Right? How about these places? How about the things that God has made for us here? Just to enjoy here. Standing and looking at the star-studded skies at night, thinking about the, the uh, beautiful things God has made, the variety of flowers that he's made. Everything we see on this earth has a beauty in and of itself because God has made all things 
Beautiful, Ecclesiastes 3. Everything beautiful. For who? For us. Now, I don't know what heaven's going to look like, but it's going to exceed this. It will be better than this. Will there be room for me? Will there be anything to entertain me? Will, will I have a place? Will I get bored? Think about it, friends. Think about what you see on this earth and what you see around you and the complexity of it and the beauty of it and all that God has done and think. He had all this ready before we ever showed up. We're here. We're here now. We'll be gone later. We enjoy what you have here and we hear people talking about this all the time. I want to go places where I can enjoy nature. Well, nature is God's handiwork. Everything that God has done is beautiful. Everything. The magma in a volcano is beautiful. Even the crevices in the earth after an earthquake is beautiful. Even a storm is beautiful. Everything that God has done, the sea is beautiful. The land is beautiful. Every variety of trees are magnificent, my friend. Every variety of animals, all the, pro, all, the, all the different propensities of the creation are in fact beautiful and well thought out and designed because God from eternity had it in mind, figured it out, made it. Therefore, when we get ready to step off of this planet into the next be ready to be stunned because it's going to be something else. Let's stand and sing our song of invitation.